solid. What the f is going on down there? Hello and welcome to WTF. And I don't know why I'm doing that. I was you watching. sound like you're trying to go Scottish but not committing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I already feel bad. I felt bad when I said hello. Uh, I was watching a Scottish YouTuber who plays a lot of Hitman, and I've had like bits of Scottish accent stuck in my head, and it's it just makes me feel it makes me feel like I want to go apologize to Jai D on Twitter, and uh, and there's no reason to. <laughs> but uh hi welcome to wtf there's never a reason to apologize to jd for anything <laughs> never absolutely apologize. never in fact if you apologize to him he'll punch you in the throat and say what don't do al? that or you're not you just don't al care about al anymore well, no, al al's al is above apologies like you apologize to al and he's like you, you don't know that you don't know this but you already did that in a previous <laughs> era wow yeah and I've lived it. Hi, Seth. Hi. Uh, it's uh, it's beginning to smell a lot like Christmas. Yeah. Hey, have you seen that new Star Wars movie? Uh, yeah. Uh, it was all right. It was all right. You know, I I uh, I thought it was kind of silly at times, but uh, it, you know, it's a little unrealistic. But well, uh, I I had written my fan fiction that uh, Supreme Commander Snoke was Jar Jar Binks behind a curtain working levers, like in the Wizard of Oz. And once that's not what happened, I hate that movie. So I don't know what's up with the collective consciousness, but, and I'm being serious here, 75% of the times anyone has done the I'm going to say a fake, a fake spoiler to you thing, it's also involved Jar Jar Binks. It's like that's the linchpin where it's like, you know I'm joking because I'm saying Jar Jar because you know they will never bring him back. Uh, okay, well, maybe it was an Ewok behind the curtain pulling lovers. <laughs> That'd be even weirder. I heard Warwick Davis had a game. Oh, I just and that realized wasn't a fake Davis spoiler. Was. That wasn't a fake spoiler. That was me saying that my fan fiction isn't what they did in the movie, and that's why I hate it. This is true. I was, I was, I was painting you with a broad brush there. So yeah. I just had a moment where I just realized that I saw Warwick Davis in the movie, uh, and, and uh, I had a moment. Was We're he that little about... CGI guy at the casino? I think he was. I think he was. <laughs> uh, welcome to our Transformers podcast. Uh, where we're gonna we're gonna talk listener questions today because uh, we we got a we got hella listener questions uh, and I I gotta hit it. Um, I'm trying to think though, Seth. Was there any uh, any recent Transformers news that caught your eye that you might want to touch on? Uh, not that I could think of. Because uh, right now, as, as far as the greater fandom, it's mostly just people like waiting to see the first wave of Power of the Primes show up. Um, oh, I wonder what that's like. Yeah. Hey, you know, who knows? Maybe your Kmart will surprise you. I haven't been in that Kmart in <laughs> several months. So as far as I know, they have everything there. Yeah, it's Schrodinger's Transformers. Yeah. They're all well, there. I don't think I don't think they ever stocked any Titans Return. Oh dear. Because the last bunch of times I've been in Kmart, or I think I've been in there three times in the last year, they only had uh prime figures. Oh wow! That that was the only thing they seemed to be stocking. Like they weren't they weren't stocking. Um, I don't. Even, well, last time I was in there was before last night came out. I think, or maybe after. I I don't think I've even seen movie toys there. 
Damn. Whether that's because they never had them or the last time I was in there was before the last night came out. I don't, I don't remember. One or the other. What we're trying to say is Kmart is uh, a national, insti- national institution. <laughs> it's, I can uh, say that from over here where we don't have them anymore. I mean, every year they close like a bunch more. Yeah. And in in those fires we had, one of them burned down. And my (laughs) guess is back at Kmart headquarters, they just went, well, that's one more we don't have to close in the next round. Kmart burned down, and there was this terrifying, inhuman roar as the demon spirit of Kmart just erupted (laughs) out of it in a column of blue flame. (laughs) Well, that or, like, the the executives all high-fived each other because... They got rid of another store and will get insurance money out of it. Yeah, yeah, they're like insurance. <laughs> woo! We bonuses for everybody. Good job, <laughs> gentlemen. Yeah, everyone in the everyone in the boardroom. Bonuses for all of us. And then they all, they, yeah, they congratulate each other on a job well done. Good job being alive during a fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Johnson, hide that torch you're holding. <laughs> no one could know that we started it. God. <laughs> Friggin' Kmart. The thing is, it's a joke, but also I feel like I'd believe it if if it came to light that it was true. Uh, anyway, we're gonna do some listener questions today. Our first listener question comes from Mugen Royd. Uh, Seth, would you like to read this one? Oh, uh, sure. I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. Uh, I should have though, because I listened to the last even number show, and you had people read things. Yeah, and I, and I thought, has Vangelis been listening to the Beast Cast lately? Because they pass things around for everyone to read constantly. Did you know on so Transmissions, another Transformers podcast, a fellow Transformers podcast, they had like a survey uh, that they were getting listeners to do, just to give them some information on what they can do to grow and etc. And just where the listeners are at. And one of them was like, what's your favorite Transformers podcasts? And I looked at that question and I was like, I feel really weird answering this question. So I just went to other. And my answer was whenever Vinny talks about his Transformers on the Beastcast podcast. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, when I uh, pimped out their their uh, survey, I said, you guys should take this survey and just skip to the end and vote for when Vinny talks about his Transformers on the Beastcast for best Transformers podcast of the year. And I'm I'm curious how that panned out. I want to know if anyone else actually did it. I don't know. Well, if they did, then those guys are probably mad at you for screwing up their survey. <laughs> Maybe, but you know, <laughs> actually, I have I have literally no I have no justification for doing that. Uh, that's just me because I'm cute. Well, you have a crush on Vinny, so this too. This is true. Uh, but yeah, Seth, why don't you go ahead? Greetings, podcast theons, podcastatrons, podcastinations, podcastinations. I'm a lazy reader. Part of being a fan of the super robot genre is seeing the breadth of material from the past to present. It's jarring just how limited that selection is looking at only Western produced media. My question is that do you think Transformers' success when compared to its competitors in the 80s has stunted the creation of new transforming robot properties? Damn it, it broke. I had a request to try to to actually explain where Click came from, and I keep going over in my head whether or not we should just leave it alone. Uh, 
click came from when we had a voicemail system. Um, I'm also taking this question as like stunting the creation of new transforming robot properties in Western media. Because like if one were to look, you know, across the ocean, it didn't really stunt anything. But I, I definitely can see where this is coming from if you if you just look at Western produced media. And I think that it absolutely would have had that effect uh, for at least a, a, a generation because you'd have a generation of creatives moving into the animation world whose experience with transforming robots is, oh, yeah, Transformers was the good one. You know? Um, yeah. Well, having been a child in the 1980s mm-hmm. and being right in the target age group when Transformers and GoBots happened, um, the vibe was Transformers are the top shelf. GoBots are also okay. And then there was mountains of Me Too garbage. Mm-hmm. There's countless failed little transforming toy lines. And there was a while where it seemed like everyone and their uncle was trying to get in on it in some way. Um, uh, I was just looking them up a f- about a month ago. I think, uh, and you know, now I forgot most of it, but I think it was either Hot Wheels or Matchbox had a v- extremely short lived uh, toy. Hot- oh, yeah. That's Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels, yeah. The Parasites, was yep. it called? Um, I had one. I had the van that had, like, the green snake robot inside. And all those were were, like, a little Hot Wheel car shell, and you would open it up and fold it up was an extremely simplistic transforming robot. I mean, it transformed from a robot to a folded up, small enough to fit inside a Hot Wheel yeah, like <laughs> situation. A but... Yeah, that's an example of just like there was tons and tons of not even as good as GoBots, um, Me Too lines, mm. and if anything, that was probably more responsible for stunting the genre uh, more than Transformers being successful. It was just the mountains of junk that happened in its wake. Yeah, and uh, like if more and- time and effort was taken, then you know there could have been a completely viable other transforming toy line. There, yeah, there was a lot of, like, flavor of the month stuff, I believe, and um, I think that uh, there were non-Transformers derivative robot shows that did come up um, shortly afterwards, but they were very few and far between. Like, Orbots would be one that jumps to mind, and that was just Godmars with a nicer skin put over top of it. Yeah, and that was quite a bit later. Like, a yeah. little closer, a successful robot show was would have been Voltron. Yeah, and then Voltron was was another formulaic Japanese anime that got brought yeah. over, and, and like like it, a lot of a lot of robot stuff was you know either dubbed or reskinned anime. Um, like the, one of the ones that jumps to mind as being fully Western original, I think, would be Botsmaster, but then Botsmaster for whatever reasons just never had a hook. I think it, like I recall Botsmaster as a show that almost debuted in the six a.m. time slot, uh, whose toy line was never available um but like they had a combining robot who was very a lot more retro japanese combining style than uh, to me at least with a with a real 90s kind of junk skin wrapped over top of it uh than than transformers alike but well all the big kind of enduring toy franchises from the 80s that still persist had the crummy me too 
following in their wake lines. Like there was crummy, mm. crummy and uh, He-Man inspired toy lines. Oh, and there was uh, there was crummy GI Joe likes that actually persist. I think to this day. Uh huh. Um, like the core was a big one. Yeah. Uh, that was around for ages. If it's not still around. Yeah, like there was a line like back to He-Man. There was like the Warlords. I think it was called. Yeah, yeah. That were just more super muscly, kind of medieval-ish, fantasy-ish kind of guys. <laughs> but yeah, I that think had no shirts on and swords. <laughs> I think I think to 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 kind of speak right to the meat of the question, it's also because like in in the decade right after the eighties, for a lot of people, transforming robots weren't a genre; they were the gimmick of the Transformers franchise that had been successful yeah um i think i think that afterwards you started to at least like when you saw robots showing up in shows made in the late 90s through the 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 aughts you saw a lot more japanese influence as more creators moved in who were a little more worldly in their tastes uh like within their own medium um but i think that uh in the western world right now a big problem that is exemplified by when gendy tried to do a super robot show um symbionic titan uh, solid piece of robot material, but because it had no toys, it got canned. And I think that even though that mindset has left uh, Cartoon Network, as far as I understand it, um, that's still a thing that is kind of like the ball and chain around any any show that wants to rise up, which is based on a tr- on transforming robots. Is it's got to have merch, and then if that merch isn't made by a company that's good at doing transforming robots, uh, that could tank the show. Uh, and, and like, it's, it's kind of, I feel like Playmates Voltron line is almost like kind of just hanging on by kind of a hair of a thread a little bit. Like it's, it's just pulling off an adequate Voltron, uh, on the back of a really good show. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's, that's almost a bigger problem. It's not so much that Transformers created a, a style ceiling, but that transforming robot merch is a lot harder to do than other merch. Well, I mean, they're there has been not as good as transformers toys regarding the quality also coming out of hasbro in recent memory mm-hmm. like those transforming star wars toys well, whenever they had the glue team yeah like like th- th- those in the 6 inch titaniums i think were both galoob people yeah. if i recall correctly and the transforming marvel figures were not good yeah so it's like even hasbro doesn't match its own quality when it comes to transforming robot toys so i mean it's it's absolutely possible that something could come along at some point and just do it better Mm -hmm. or capture the imagination of today's youth uh, in a way that Transformers isn't and kind of take take a big chunk of the market, but it, it's going to be hard. And I, I feel like maybe this Transformers did have an effect here. If someone is moving on up in like the engineering world who wants to get into toy design and is big into transforming robots, there's a good chance their goal is to work on Transformers, not to work on, you know, some other transforming robot property. Because, you know, they grew up with Transformers as an ever-present thing uh, in, in their childhood, etc. Um, 
It's it's something I realized when I saw stuff like uh, there was a Power Rangers series where they had some like extra toys being made that weren't based on the Japanese footage. And it was just like licensed cars that turned into robot animals. Uh, and they transformed a whole lot like uh, tail end alternators did. And those felt to me like that. It almost felt like that was someone working at Bandai of America who was like making their pitch project to try to get put onto Transformers and like jump to another company almost. Hmm. Um, that like some really solid original transforming stuff felt like it was taking DNA from Transformers still. Because uh, it's such an I think it's just like Transformers has quality, obviously, but it's also just so ever present now. Um, I think it I think it still it definitely does have effects on things. Um, and then you got like, you know, you got playmates who's like trying to learn how to do transforming robots and Voltron's a great place to start, but there's like still like there's some clever stuff happening there. But then the fact that they just have to get like four lions to turn into sticks to attach to a lion with his arms sucked in is I think what's, what's also helping them a lot. It's almost like a crutch is like Voltron's not hard to do on the base level. Uh, and, like, they just showed, like, a classic Voltron who looks okay, but, like, it, it, I think it also shows a lot of weaknesses in, like, Playmate's ability to do transforming stuff. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it would be really hard for another company to really make a push with an original transforming toy line. Because, I mean, well, just imagine if Hasbro or Mattel or somebody else launched... Adolescent karate frogs. Yeah. <laughs> no one's gonna buy it. Like like they're just about like, oh, these are fake ninja turtles. Well, like in uh, in Korea, there's a couple transforming robot lines doing great by Sonic Kong and by uh Young Toys, uh Tobots and Hello Carbot. And like uh, Young Toys has been trying to shop Tobots internationally for years. They've gotten it into other marketplaces, even with an English dub. But they've never got it into North America, and I almost wonder if part of that is that to a North American audience, it'll probably first and foremost look like a Transformers knockoff, because that's the reaction that Tobots has gotten at times when I show them to people. It's like, oh, is this like a knockoff company? And it's like, no, it's it's fully original. And then, and then I realized there's also like a Tobots toy that's literally a Transformers toy, like like even Tobots, this very original property, ripped off uh, Evac from Cybertron when they when they had to do a helicopter uh, robot. Um, so I, I, I yeah, there's there's a lot working against a fresh transforming robot property in Western produced media. Uh, if you need to find original stuff, you gotta you gotta go elsewhere. Like check out what's going on in Korea. Check out a whole lot of Japanese stuff, and then. I don't know, show it to creatives that you like and try to convince them to bring it over. <laughs> yeah, we should try to get the the rights to pre-teen dirty gene kung fu kangaroos and take on that Ninja Turtle market, though. I mean, Ninja Turtles is about to switch over cartoons, so they're at their weakest, right? Yeah. Like they're, now is the can, time for the pre-teen dirty gene kung fu kangaroos to make their comeback. Catch them with their pants down while they're changing trousers and just like push them over. Yeah, I feel like it's 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 time. Good day, mates. It's time. That for people who don't know, that was one of the multitude of other independent black and white animal comics that popped up in the wake of the Ninja Turtle success. There it's was so a lot easy. Of them, man. There was a lot it, of them. There's one with koalas, I think. It's so easy to forget about a lot of that stuff that happened in the moment, but like, 
You know, the, it, it's not a new thing that like bandwagons get jumped on. And yeah, yeah. It, like it's super easy to forget about about the at the time like everyone trying to get a bite of that lunch. Um. Anyway, I hope that answered your question, Mugenroid. Uh, now we've got we've got a um. Well, we Gojira Prime basically just sent us a dream. <laughs> Uh, like a dream journal entry here. Uh, and I'm going to read it for you. Hello, distinguished casters of the pod. I'm going to share with you a strange dream I had last night. In my dream, there was a spinoff of the Bumblebee movie ostensibly centered around Ironhide, directed by Matthew Vaughn of Kick-Ass and Kingsman fame, except the movie was basically another Kingsman-style spy movie, where Ironhide was stuck in his classic red van mode and Bumblebee would show up occasionally during action scenes. It was full of intrigue and weird sexual politics, coming to head in a giant extended action scene at the end, itself capped off by Ironhide finally exploding into his classic robot mode to lash out at all the humans. Ironhide gets severely injured and Bumblebee is apparently killed, so Optimus Prime shows up and seeks vengeance, coming upon the humans trapped in a frat house because of some dumb reason. Optimus sets the frat house on fire, burning all the humans alive. I blame Vangelis for this concept being in my brain. The movie appears to be over, but it keeps going, now centering around the Transformers. I don't remember much of this part, except Bumblebee wasn't actually dead, and the character interaction was actually really well-written and compelling. I really just needed to share this buzzard dream with someone. So, I guess what? the question is, yeah. Uh, would you watch this movie? Or alternatively, have you ever dreamed up the entirety of a movie that doesn't exist? Thanks, and keep up the great work, Mike. Uh, Gojira Prime... A, I hope that you have dreams like that more often, because if I had dreams like that more than once every couple of years, I would be so happy when I wake up in the morning. Uh, I've had fun adventure dreams, but they feel rare. Uh, and B, yes, I have dreamed entire movies. Except I dream what I dream is not the entire movie. I dream the memory of what happened as though it happened. It's hard to describe. Also, your dream journal entry here reads a lot like mine, where it starts off really coherent and then becomes complete nonsense about halfway through. <laughs> uh, Seth, have you ever done that? Like, had a dream, you're like, I gotta write this down, and you try writing it down, and you just go, and then you read it the next day, and you're like, what the hell was I writing? Uh, no, I've never tried to write down a dream immediately after it happening. Oh, I do it I've all the time. I've woken up from dreams and went, man, that's weird, I gotta try to remember this. But that's the best I've done. And then I, I never remember somebody else with my weird dream later. Once once we had smartphones with a notepad app, it became like, I need to remember this dream. So I'll just write it down. Like, I have one here from... Oh, God. Yeah, I have one here from September. It's like four paragraphs, and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I recommend anyone out there, if you have a dream that's really vivid right when you wake up, try to write it down. And then go back to sleep and then wake up and read what you wrote. It's fascinating. <laughs> well, one dream that I do remember having in the past, and I bring it up as an example of what's wrong with my dumb, pessimistic brain, is I had a dream once where I was holding a lottery ticket. And I was like, ooh, I should check these numbers and see if I won. And I didn't. So and even in dreams, <laughs> my jerk-off brain won't let me win the lottery. <laughs> it's like, that ain't never going to happen. That's, well, I mean, at least it's straightforward, right? <laughs> I mean, have you ever, so you, have you ever had a dream like, like this one of like an entire like adventure? Oh, I've had like big, crazy, long dreams with all kinds of stuff happening. I can't pull any of them from memory right now. Yeah. Uh, 
I had one just recently where it was this big giant long thing. It was like some post I was like in some post apocalyptic world and there was stuff going on. Yeah. But I I didn't write it down. Yeah, I've I've had adventure dreams now and then. The weird thing is a lot of my adventure dreams somehow end with me about to get, like like on the cusp of being mugged. Which is really weird because it's always like, all right, I just defended the universe, and I go for a walk and I get surrounded by people who are like, "Hey, I think we're gonna we're gonna take your money," and I'm like, "What?" And then I wake up and I'm like, "Wait, what was gonna happen? Was I gonna kick their ass or what?" <laughs> that didn't feel like I was gonna kick their ass. Why would I? Why would I, the hero who just saved the world, then get like shaken down for money in an alleyway? <laughs> uh, would you watch uh, a Gojira Prime's dream? Matthew Vaughn directing a weird heist Transformers movie? Uh, why not? It can be yeah, I would. any worse than what Michael Bay does. I would watch it, especially if the whole thing was if somehow we go back to you right when you woke up from this dream, and then that sleepy, groggy you, uh, Mike, is the one who does all the storyboards, and those storyboards have to be adhered to to the letter. Like, right down to, like, however shaky your art is in the storyboards. Like, I want this to be, like, an acid trip, half, like, the movie is a dream, half asleep, not necessarily making sense, but having a weird through line. Uh, I would watch that. Especially the part where Optimus just shows up at the end and sets fire to a frat house. And a bunch, yeah. of, sc- bunch of screaming college students die burning alive inside the frat house. And Optimus <laughs> Prime is like, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. <laughs> Well, what if the frat was like the jerk jock frat from like Revenge of the Nerds or something? That still doesn't justify burning them all to death alive in the frat house. Those guys were dicks, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but then there's just that that's some escalation (laughs) that's going on there. Uh, uh, I like I like. I like dream accounts like this. This yeah. stuff makes me laugh and makes me smile. Well, invoking Michael Bay did remind me I had planned out a whole fake hot take on The Last Jedi to open the show with, and I forgot to do it. I, I went with <laughs> the uh, I went with the other thing, but I was going to demand that everyone go sign the petition to force Disney to. Uh, declare the last Jedi as not being Star Wars canon, and uh, fire uh, Ryan Johnson and hire Michael Bay to do the next movie. <laughs> I mean, really, Michael Bay deserves some of that Star Wars money. He's kind of been sh- schlubbing it for the last few years. Hey, that that dude makes money. I mean, so I mean, come on. <laughs> do y'all do y'all want nice Star Wars toys or what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's called lowest common denominator. Guy sells tickets. Like whatever you think of his movies, he sells tickets. Y'all want numbers or do y'all want and then yeah. in big air quotes art? Uh thank you for your listener question and your dream account, Mike. Uh our next listener question comes from Prime Studio, who says, As a banker, I find your podcast disturbing. Oh uh, huh. Yeah. Uh does he question I find your business disturbing. Whoa. Question one. Uh, what character would you remove from the G1 cartoon and comic? Skids. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Question two. How would this affect canon? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Skids isn't a real person, but I feel really bad for him. That was that was like a one-two burn. That was that was a one-two burn where the first one is Skids slowly realizing, hey, and then the second one was just like the he hangs his head and goes and sits in the stairwell for a while. <laughs> Uh, I can't, I can't do anything to, to, I don't know, remove Megatron, how would this affect canon? I don't know, but I want to watch it. <laughs> I want to know, I want to know what that, what that would have been like if there actually was no leader and all the Decepticons were just fighting over who's in charge. Um, well, what if we reverted back to Soundwave, who was going to be the Decepticon leader originally? Because he was the tallest toy. This is true. And then someone wisely went... Maybe the tape player isn't a good evil leader. Oh, what about been, the gun? <laughs> it would have been cool to see a show based around the evil leader turning into a tape deck, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you, how do you do it? And like, oh, that would have been, I think that would have been cool. It would have been like, maybe he's just like a little tape deck in like, that like hooks into like just a big ass tank or something. <laughs> well, having little minions pop out of them, that, that would be fine for an evil leader. What if it had become like he's the villain leader and Perceptor's the hero leader and the Transformers are actually like one-to-one scale toys and the show is that they're all tiny robots living in a kitchen? So Microman. Yes. But with Peter Cullen and Frank Welker. Yeah. Oh, that would have been kind of neat. Well, question three is a little bit aside from this. Uh, What character would you add to any series? I.e. Thunderwing to car robots, drift to G1. Boy. Oh boy. Um, Bumblebee to Armada. So just like Hotshot grows a <laughs> pair of horns and like, it, I wish you yep. could have seen my face there where I was like, I was like, I know what he just said, but like, did he just say that? <laughs> uh, did this guy just say what I think he said? I would I wanted to use a harsh word, but then I remembered what we're doing, so I had to stop. <laughs> I would want to add Windblade to G1, because A, I'd want to see what that looks like, and B, I admit I would also just like to see everyone get super angry that they were retroactively adding Windblade to G1, because people get mad whenever Windblade is in anything still. Uh not not a lot of people, but a loud uh a loud identifiable crowd. Um Really, any any character that's that's kind of popped up in the last few years, I want to see retroactively added to G one just to aesthetically see what they look like. Uh, I think that'd be. I neat. want to see Oil Slick added to Transformers Animated. Yeah, well, he wasn't that his name. Yeah, you, you saw him like he, for a second. He, he got put into a scene like the season after yeah. his toy came out because everyone was like, "Wait, this looks really cool. Why didn't you?" <laughs> yeah, but and it was his like Cybertronian form. Yeah. And not not what the toy looked like, and I still stand by. That's my favorite animated toy. I wanted him to have I an episode. I love that design. He's so cool. He had a cool voice too. He had like a kind of like just a cool like kind of like badass like evil like uh, chemical warfare guy kind of voice. Yeah, that figure's great. It's a good figure. I always wanted to see that figure in cycle colors. Hmm, would have been kind of cool. I think we discussed that concept back in the day. I think it would have, that might have been one of White Mocha's photoshops back when he was doing all the the Botcon concept photos. That sounds very plausible. Yeah, man, I want them to pull out the animated molds and do something with those again. We're we're coming up on uh, on 
Actually, we're just past the 10 year mark on some of those, I think. We could, uh. I don't know. I want more animated toys. Um. Prime Studio also goes on to say, uh, that he. he we can't be past 10 years on animated. Animated, uh, debuted in, at the end of 07. I was in Japan watching it on a little video device on the train. Um, then there was a, a, a Yikes. there was like a multi-month break because that's when the pilot movie debuted and then there were all those months and then the toys came out in the summer of, of 08. So we've been doing this almost 10 years. Yes. We started, Lord. we started, oh Lord. we started in the middle of 2008. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> Remember when you were in those early days and you were like, I'd like to just try to get a year yep do this for a year yep <laughs> i remember thinking well hopefully it goes longer than that and then i was like man i'd like to make it to 100 episodes and then we did that four times uh really what number is this, this is number 491 oh, it's almost done 500 yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> i don't pay attention to any of these things <laughs> i try not to I have to because I have to, you know, write the numbers down every time. Um, but uh, speaking of, of years past, uh, Prime Studio also wanted to throw out that he apologizes uh, for cursing on your video at Dallas BotCon 2012-ish. I don't remember any of that anymore. I I have a vague memory of trying to shoot a video of something and somebody cussing. And then, like, exaggeratedly barking at them <laughs> about it. But I don't really remember the details. That had to have been... This This has to have been the same incident then. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, I... In Dallas, though. It was in Dallas. He's saying BotCon 2012? So whatever BotCon was in Dallas. I can't, no, I can't only remember. No, the I've only went to one in Dallas. I think there only was one in Dallas. Whatever that one was. Uh, he also he also mentioned uh, that he misses Gog Dog and hopes he's doing well, and that this is one of the few podcasts that prompted uh, his friend Sean and himself to start their own podcast, Not So Southern Gentlemen. Uh, that's uh, Ricky Westbrook, Prime Studio. Uh, he says, thank you so much for all you guys do, the whole podcast team. Thank you for uh, reminding us of some good memories and for doing your own podcast based on listening to ours and other people's podcasts. Everyone should be, everyone should have to at some point run a podcast for at least a week. Well, I have a question from him. Like once he's asking questions, I'm going to ask a question. (laughs) All right. Once he's a banker, how come back in the eighties, my savings account, I would pull like a five plus percent interest. And now I get like 1.1% interest. You criminals. That's what I want to preemptively say. Like, you don't actually have to send us, like, follow-up listener questions explaining how bank interest works. Uh, <laughs> if you want to, you can. It works through crime. You can, you can also, it's crime. You can, it's all crime. You, you just PM Seth, or you can add him on Twitter, actually. You could, I'd like to watch the Twitter conversation. Uh, I'd like to spectate this conversation without without actually taking part nah, so like i don't actually want the conversation add, no, i don't even want the answer you should add him on could, twitter uh, i actually googled it and it's stupid you should you should google the answer <laughs> and then copy paste that to seth using a twitter thread i already read it <laughs> and then send it to him once a day until he says okay 
<laughs> well, I read it and and as I'm reading it, uh, it's like, okay, well, this is the excuse, but I know the answer is really because we want more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got stuff I could say about FedEx in Canada related to that, but I already called them out on Twitter and then they didn't do anything uh, in response. Uh, I hate courier services in Canada. Thank you, though. You should start your own. <laughs> I don't want to become part of the problem. Well, no, you, you'll make it better. Oh. Yeah, I mean, who needs... I, I've never done it before, but, like, who actually... You don't need to know any of that stuff, right? Like, you Look, can... someone gives you a box with an address on it, and you take it to the address. How hard could it be? Yeah, it seems pretty simple. And I, I, I can just get a bunch of interns... Uh, to do it for free. Yeah. Yep. Uh, until, you know, I built enough capital. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Well, uh, I hope that answered your question, uh, Prime Studio, Ricky Westbrook. Uh, we got one more listener question here from Switchblade. Whoa. Who says, Bonjour, Switchblade, ici Whoa. avec un nouveau question du listener pour vous. Uh, and he says, did they use Google translate? I don't know, but he said, okay, now that I've pissed off all the Francophiles. So I'm guessing that that was Googled. Uh, I don't know. Question. Maybe he's he's like Quebecois. He's don't the French like hate the Quebecers. No, they hate, they hate Quebecois French because it's messier. Apparently. Maybe that's the deal. They probably just despised hearing me slog my way through pronouncing all that then. Because I'm just well, I'm just Canadian French. So I'm like bonjour. <laughs> Much like Star Wars fans, you can't make the French happy. Oh so. dear! <laughs> Don't send us listener questions about that. Uh, this listener question goes on to read: You know, Chrome Dome and Hardhead and Brainstorm and Highbrow, Weird Wolf and Mindwipe and Skullcruncher and Scorponok. That's the song that we're singing today. I added that part in. But do you recall the head? Wow. I ruined his question. Yep. I ruined his question. <laughs> yep. Do you recall that bastards? <laughs> I just yeah. saw their names. Those, those were all different guys. <laughs> his question actually says, do you recall the Target Masters? That's how much I recall the Target Masters. I almost misread their name as the Headmasters. I picked well, up. Because what? Chrome Dome and Hardhead and Brainstorm and Highbrow and Werewolf are, are Headmasters. Yes. So you were probably thinking about the headmasters. So, so I was very readily because recalling. you were just talking about the head, headmasters. Uh, the question continues. I picked up the Make Toys version of Point Blank on Congrats. on a Black Friday sale, and I'm sure I'll be enjoying him very much by the time this question makes it on air. He's. A, I hope you are. Uh, He's a character that I've been enamored with in my old 1987 Transformers catalog for years, but it occurred to me shortly after I ordered him that I don't really know anything about the character. In fact, I don't know anything about the G1 Target Masters, not as characters, at least. And then it dawned on me why the original Target Masters have somehow managed to be characters with almost zero lasting impact. The Headmasters are one of the most popular subgroups. They show up in the comics a lot. They get tons of love from third-party companies. Hasbro built their entire 2016-2017 line around them and their gimmick. The Target Masters are just kind of there, or more often and not there. There aren't a lot of Target Master homages. The characters are largely absent from the comics. In my admittedly minimal knowledge, you're not 
off with that. Uh, and most of the new Target Master toys have been based on the 86 remolds, like Hot Rod and Cyclonus and etc., or Japanese exclusives like Stepper and Artfire. The Decepticon Jets at least get a bit of a renaissance in Titan's Return, but an entire toy line based around celebrating 1987 passed without a new crosshairs, short shot, or point blank, at least two of which would be incredibly easy to remake uh, using existing molds, and I'm sure Hasbro would find a way to remold Blur yet again into short shot. It just seems so odd to me that the Headmasters made such a huge wave while the Target Masters sank without leaving much of a ripple. Wow, this has been much longer than I anticipated. Anyway, why do you guys think this is? What was it about the G1 Target Masters that made them so unmemorable as characters? Uh, I think one part of it, not all of it, but I think of a uh, maybe quietly important part is that in Japan, the Headmasters were the protagonists of their own cartoon, and the Target Masters were a bunch of guys who showed up during that cartoon for a few episodes. So, like, even, like, in Japan, basically, the Headmasters were the main protagonist-antagonist crew for a little while. Uh, and during that show, the Target Masters came and went. Um, and otherwise, actually, I don't have an answer for you. I'm I'm actually amazed that, like, there's not much more to say about, about the Target Masters in, in, like, the comic books. Like, Misfire got to be part of the Scavengers, so he has a lot going on. But, like, I, I don't know what Slug Slinger is doing at all. Uh, I, I don't know what Trigger Happy is doing. Um, but, yeah, they it, it's kind of weird, actually. The Autobot Target Masters, like, I think some of them have appeared in IDW, but usually, like, background characters. Uh, and I wonder if maybe part of it is just, like, because gimmick-wise, Headmasters is a very fluid gimmick that makes sense. It's a little robot, turns into a head... And then they're the big robot. With Target Masters, it's like, here's a Transformer. His gun turns into a little guy. Why does it do that? I don't know. What's the advantage of his gun turning into a little guy? I don't know. He could hold a smaller gun. Yes. <laughs> and then, like, the fiction even tried to go, like, well, the gun itself is able to help with aiming. And it's like, all right, buddy, listen. <laughs> I get what you're trying to do, but how does the gun being alive help the gun aim when it's being held and shot by a different person? Like, it's like, unless the gun is, like, you know, wiggling around in his hand and go like, no! Left! A little bit more left! Like, there's not much to do. So, I don't know, that's my take. Seth, what do you think? Well, I would think that there would have to be... Or, or that it would be easier to create fiction for target masters than headmasters. Because with headmasters, you have to explain why this this robot's head is a separate robot. Where a target master is a more independent separate robot. And the main vehicle that transforms into a big robot doesn't require the separate robot to be complete. Mm-hmm. Like like, like that, your target master guy, SureShot doesn't need his his target master buddy to exist. Yeah. And like that makes sense to me, but like the current comics run, a lot of those headmaster characters just aren't headmasters in it. They're just like a transformer with that head. And so and they're yeah, still so in it. So they're not even doing it. But like the character <laughs> the character's still in it. It's just like, you know, like Brainstorm is huge in the comics. His head doesn't come off and turn into a little guy. He's just Brainstorm. So it's yeah, so they're they're cheesing out on the deal. So like that's what I'm saying. Like the concept of a target master would be easier to deal with than the concept of a headmaster. And it sounds like IDW is just not even bothering with explaining the concept of a headmaster. Well, they, they, I know they have in the past. They yeah. have had headmaster ass headmasters. 
but you could explain why does this little guy turn into a gun by just saying that because he's full of transformium or and powered by a spark that he can be a stronger gun than just a gun would be yeah is just a gun doesn't have a have a spark but that, that's that's what confuses me though is like especially the autobot trio crosshair short shot and point blank if you just leave out the target master part and just go like all right let's say you know as a kid i lost the target master i still have this transformer who works those three have like barely done anything anywhere in any fiction and and it actually is kind of confusing to me it's like they're there's even less of a, like, if the headmasters didn't really do much, like, Highbrow's barely done it. Like, Highbrow always, it feels like Hardhead and Chrome Dome have always been around, and then Brainstorm recently has always been around, but, like, Hardhead kind of got left out of a lot of IDW, and then he's gone now. Uh, the target masters feel like they would have been easier to pull in, and they have, like, just as engaging designs, and it's, it's weird. Like, there's, there's kind of no reason why the target masters go forgotten all the time or at least like get you know the second shelf treatment there's, there's more target masters than there are headmasters aren't oh no no they because i was gonna say like there's also like quake and like all the all the juniors ones but there were headmaster juniors as well um i really don't know like i i think that's i think it's somewhat is because like the toy gimmick was more engaging for the headmasters and then that that turns into that becomes the characters people think of first uh decades later but um, it's, it's definitely, I think the gimmick being less engaging and also just through complete chance, there's just no fiction about most of them. Like I could, I could, I can still barely remember who is who between crosshairs, sure shot and point blank. <laughs> In fact, I only remember what two of them look like most of the time. There's also like one of them is yellow. I think that's the one I always forget. It's the yellow orangey one. Because then there's there's the red one, which Make Toys made, and then there's the the kind of blue and red stumpier one, who sounds like Jack Nicholson in Rebirth. And then there's the third one, who I think is yellow and orange. I'm part of the problem here. Like, I <laughs> I can barely remember the Target Masters. Yeah, it's it's actually quite mystifying to me. There's no, there's, there's no sensible pseudoscientific reason, I think, that I could give, other than the toys being cooler led to more stuff for the ones with the cooler toys down the road uh, due to childhood memories of writers and stuff, but I don't know. Seth, am I being too rough on the Target Masters here? Like, I'm talking about them like they aren't even people. Well, they're they're toys. What? They're, to they're not actually people. I'm, we're gonna have to close this podcast down for a little while. And uh... hey, did you know Vivian from the Young Ones is in uh, the Last Jedi? So I caught. I was talking to someone who was like, "If they make uh, First Order Officer Vivian, I'm gonna buy thirteen of them or whatever." And I was like, "That's part." Wait, who was in this? And then I read up on all the other cameos, and I was like, "Oh man, I forgot about the part where you can cameo a bajillion people in Star Wars by putting like helmets on them." Yeah. Well. Vivian didn't have a helmet. He was just the guy. Yeah. I started to immediately wonder. I was like, that weird, like, Vladimir Putin looking First Order officer that's two packed with Akbar, was that like a really failed head sculpt attempt at Officer Vivian? No, I think someone wanted to do a Vladimir Putin toy <laughs> at okay. Hasbro. Okay. Hopefully they do a Vivian. Like, that would be kind of cool. I wonder if yeah. there's weird rights once you start getting into cameo characters like that. I don't know. 
but he should come with an op- optional hand. That's the two finger thing that the British do. I bet you there's that like be one of his hands. I bet you there are shareholders who would not be happy about that unless it was presented as him doing a peace symbol. Well, yeah. Well, that's what, and then he just turned the wrist around. Yeah, it's like how if you take a gun and turn it upside down, it's a submarine. You take the peace symbol and turn it backwards, and then it's it's the thing where the British archers are like, "You haven't taken my fingers." Did you know that should come a special police group hamster? Did you know that's the root of the two finger thing? In the, in, what? In, it, so the the root of that gesture is because British archers, if they were like captured by the enemy back in the days of like archers and forests and castles and stuff, you know that era of British history. <laughs> Uh, they, what they would do is cut off. The, oh, you mean the Robin Hood days? Yeah. They would t- take the archers' two fingers and cut them off so they could no longer use a bow and arrow because you need those two fingers, right? So then the archers yeah. to to kind of flip off the oppressors would be like, "Look, I got my fingers." Oh, is that like for reals? I okay, someone. What I remember because is that that's the, every real. now and then, like those things go around where it's like, did you know that this curse word is actually came from this I heard, situation? I heard and this. And then that goes around and then somebody comes along and goes, no, actually that that's made up. I heard this before I was on the internet a lot. So I feel like well, that I heard gives a it lot a... of things that aren't true before I was on the internet. I know, but I, but but there's a whole there's a whole lot more stuff that's not true on the internet than there is off the internet. So I'm like, maybe this gives a little bit of credence. I'm sure someone listening to this could just tell us, and also tell me what the 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 British era of forests and castles and archers was called. Robin Hood days. <laughs> What's the abbreviation for that? R R R H D, eight hundred R H D. Why not? Who am I to argue? I, you're, you're Seth Buzzard. That's who. Uh, that's our listener question uh, docket for this week. So why don't we uh, finish off with a little bit of uh, of, uh, of what we got this week kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, Seth, did you get anything that's a Transformer this week? Okay. If we look back in recent episodes. Yes. At... at my on topic gets yes and if we if we see that as a pattern yes that we can use as a predictive model yes what do you suppose my answer is uh, did i get anything on topic this week that you've been eagerly searching but still have not found anything fresh that would be a very good uh, estimation based on past models. Yes. But not this time! What? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I got two on-topic toys! You're... I'm <laughs> spinning my arms around! Jesus! <laughs> Whoa. And they're from the Power of the Primes line. What? Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. You know what? This is like when I was watching a movie recently and three quarters in, I was like, I don't even know what's going to happen anymore. And that's not a usual thing. That just happened to this podcast. I don't even know what's happening anymore. What, what'd, what'd you get? <laughs> I got Beachcomber and Slash. Dude, I got Beachcomber from China. Well, I got one from probably also China. <laughs> <laughs> what's By a- way of target what trading card where, where did, was he made what trading card did you get with beachcomber do you know 
uh, the Beachcomber card? So here's the thing. The trading cards are different and random because it's it's not just Beachcomber. It's Beachcomber paired up with one of the 13 primes and what powers he gets. Oh, yeah. I saw that and I didn't know that there would be differences. Yep. So I don't remember. And the cards for both of these characters is downstairs. Ah. Uh. So I can't go look without leaving the room for several moments. That's okay. I was just asking out of interest, and because there are people who are actually extremely interested in that, I'm, I'm just not one of those people. Ooh. Maybe uh, I have, like, a really rare one. I think there are some... That, that I could sell on eBay for a dollar. Yes. Because it's rare. I think there are still some that haven't been identified yet. Oh, golly. Um, Seth, I, because I have Beachcomber, I want to ask you about him first, because I'm selfish. Uh, he... He's a good beachcomber toy. Um, I think he goes well with the um, sea spray. Mm -hmm. Has a similar chunky aesthetic. I like some of his sculpted detail. Uh, I appreciate that in his mostly hollow forearm, uh, the little bit of like kind of reinforcing line of plastic. Uh, has just a couple little lines sculpted into it to make it look a little more tech and I, not just a, a chunk of plastic. I never noticed that until just now. That's kind of cool. Uh, I noticed it a little earlier in the episode when I was fiddling with them and I put them in like a double bicep flexing pose. Yeah. I went, oh, look at that. There's a little detail sculpted in there. <laughs> I don't know why I put them in a double bicep flex pose. Because Beachcomber's having a good day. That's why. Yeah. It's like, look at me, I'm straight. Um, so the first time I was transforming him, I wasn't looking at, looking at the instructions mm -hmm. because I figured I, I could probably puzzle this out. It's one of the small figures. Um, so I didn't know his he had that slide extension. Mm -hmm. So when that happened the first time, I was like, ooh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, I had, I had the same reaction. Then, then my next thought was, okay, where's the door to cover up the hole that's in the back of his vehicle mode now? And then there isn't one. <laughs> no, nah, you just don't look back there. I know. I can't help but look back there. He's got a head sitting right there. Makes a good noise too. Yeah. Um, I was. I mentioned this to the other guys. I was actually, and I, I don't know how to put this without it sounding like a criticism. It's not. I was actually just. I was taken ba aback a little by how simple Beachcomber was to transform. Like when I finished, I was just like, "Oh, I'm done." I think it works well, though. It does. It's just, it's very much like the, he is he is emblematic of the current um, aesthetic that leans towards like what if we take a G one toy and add joints to it and then we're done. Well, I mean, I mean it works. It's fine. Oh, it does. It does. I was just like I was just like this. I I just had the conversation I think with Mikey in DMs recently, and then I got this toy and I was like, gross. I was like this guy. This guy is literally that. Like, you you don't have private conversations with Mikey. I try not to. I have them all the time. I'll tell you about them sometime. No, I like there to be witnesses around. Nah, I, I take risks. I'm like, no, Mikey, let's go where no one can see us. And then uh, you just, you just, you just tell me what you're going to tell me. So, is that so you could maybe, um, Kevin Spacey him, or so he could maybe. Um, T.J. Miller, you. Oh, jeez. 
No, let's not turn these guys' names into verbs. They, they, they do not deserve that. That is giving too boy. much credit. Boy, oh boy. I bet the people in charge over at Silicon Valley are glad he had already quit the show. Yeah, no, let's not. I, I, fe- I feel like that's like doing someone a solid at right now to go like, hey, what if we make your name the verb for this? It's like, you know, that's. I feel like that's doing them a favor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Deadpool two is gonna be awkward. I, I, huh? Deadpool two is gonna be awkward. Oh, is he in it? He's as far as I know. Yeah. Oh well, maybe they'll replace him with that guy that they replaced Spacey with in the other movie. I, I saw that going around Twitter as like a half joke. <laughs> <laughs> just like they just crudely like float his head over T.J. Miller's face. The thing is, that would work for Deadpool too, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it would totally it work. It would work. They should go for As it. As like the final hurrah for the Fox Studios, you know, Marvel thing. Let's be like, no, nah, we're just gonna we're gonna hack me a, a face cover up into this and pitch shift his performance down and dub him or something. Uh, dub him with a third actor. Yeah, another actor. <laughs> we'll get that's that's how we're gonna get Hugh Jackman involved in this movie. Is Hugh Jackman will dub all his lines just as Hugh Jackman with an Australian accent. Yeah. Like really lean into his accent too. Yeah, really thicken it up. You're just like, yeah, just cartoonify yourself a bit. And Hugh Jackman's like, <laughs> why, why don't why, why don't you go to hell, mate? That, that was a great Australian accent I just did there. It was the I I thought an Australian man showed up and took over. Yeah, yeah. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Beachcomber. I I like that Beachcomber is just sort of a teched up G1 version. Oh, it works for him. Uh, I don't, like, I don't know, I don't, I actually don't know how I, like, how to describe how I felt when I was done and sat there going, like, oh, I finished already. Because I was like, it looks fine. Well, I, I don't expect this size class to be especially complicated anyway. I know. So, like, his little torso extension is, like, already one more trick than I thought he would have. I think it's because, like, the torso extension happens and it, that feels like part one of a one-two punch with, with the part two of the punch being a door. And so I think that's well, that's where my brain was. Maybe if he was a deluxe, if he was a deluxe, then yeah. But well, I don't just like size him up just to add a door to the back of his head or anything. I just, I'm just it's, it's how I felt. That's all. Well, I don't, I don't even expect a one punch at this <laughs> size class. So the fact that he had one at all, I think, is a victory. So I thought this guy was just going to be a James Ellsworth, just taking the chin and then fall down. Yeah, any two robot with two servos has a fighting chance. <laughs> Uh, That's I, something a robot man would say, right? He's he's his vehicle mode is really big for the size class, which I, I really like. Yeah, it's surprisingly large. Yeah, um, but they had to make room for you to stick a Titan Master in them, I guess. Um, yeah, but I, I like all the sculpted detail on him. I, I think he's cool. He's, yeah, he's a good little guy. Tons of paint too. Yeah, like uh, his his whole robot torso is blue plastic. With uh, with gray paint over top, really? Yep. Look at the inside of his torso when when you've got his like slider thing extended. Oh, sure enough. Yeah. Maybe they should have just used gray plastic. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> sure, it has something to do with like the layout of the sprues or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it 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 gives that extra little sense of like touch a gloss to some parts of him as well. Yeah. 
and it doesn't make him sticky, which is the one thing I was worried about when I heard that he was that painted was like <laughs> mine sticky. What are you talking about? I was like, oh yeah, I, I mean, gonna, it didn't come that way, but am I gonna fixed it. am I gonna have a sticky beachcomber like that? No, oh no, probably. please heard about the sticky beachcomber. <laughs> well, that is that is code in Toronto for some bad crime. Yeah, we got a, we got a sticky beachcomber happening over here. Some guy got some guy got some gray paint on blue plastic ink. Ain't supposed to happen. Uh, yeah, I, li- I like Beachcomber. Um, I feel like he's gonna the fact I got Beachcomber first is gonna really impact how I feel about Wind Charger, because in pictures Wind Charger does not look as good as Beachcomber to me, on like a very small level. But I feel like I got the yeah. better one already. But d- d- tell me about Slash, because everyone seems super into Slash, and I think Slash looks really cool. Uh, her robot mode is very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice and slender in good ways. Um, there is a bit of dinosaur feet hanging off of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is always like a a trick that that is difficult to overcome for any sort of more animalistic character. It seems like there's always some feet or tails or something somewhere. Yeah. Um. But the the head and tail kind of fold up pretty good to not be too like oh there's a the head and a tail hanging off this this person. Um, going into dinosaur mode, uh, there's again kind of the problem of some of the proportions of the the raptor mode is slightly compromised by her legs just sort of folding over her chest mm. which gives her sort of a large chunky dinosaur body yeah uh but you know it's not bad and there's only so much you can do at this size class um can't expect too many one two punches you know what i'm saying whoa um like if there was some way for her legs to just go away <laughs> um it would be a really good like an even better raptor i mean are they on ball socket joints you could you, you could actually just make them go yeah, away if they yeah, you could just pop them off yeah um like it, it would make the the raptor body a little more slender um what they're doing to replicate the old uh dinobot aesthetic of the the gold techno bits under the clear plastic uh, works real good. I am. Uh, she has a little bit of that. There's a big flap on her back. Yeah, and the the top of the the dinosaur head. Uh, it works really well. I really like it. It's... Probably the thing I'm most excited about in this line are the Dinobots. That seeing that effect in person is my current quest. Like I don't even need to buy them right now, but like. Everyone is talking about how cool that looks. I really want to see one of these in stores, at least, so I can, like, finally see this in person. You're not going to see it on her because she's in robot mode in the package, and all of that is hidden. God damn it. You're not going to see it. You are not going to see it. Well, then I'll just buy Slash. I'll buy Slash. Yeah, because she's not that expensive. She's a good little figure. Dinobots are all right. Don't hate Dinobots. Dinobots are all this is right. The most, this is the most hype for Dinobots I've been in a very long time. Yeah. And you know what? The in-hand re- accounts I've been seeing a Grimlock. It sounds like he's actually pretty darn good after that kind of, you know, 
series of scares. What's going on there? Oh, that's an ambulance. I can tell by that siren. After that series of scares of like, you know, his his dino mode looks kind of junky. Oh, there's all this stuff on the back of his dino mode. Uh, all the in-hand reports are like, his dino mode's goofy, but he's also really fun. And like, people are having a lot of fun with his combiner mode. Because like, because of the amount of like, transforming chunk for the torso, you can kind of cludge him into just being like, you just have to attach two legs to him and he looks really good. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for that Grimlock. Yeah. Oh, and on Slash, the dino mouth opens and closes. Perfect. Perfect. As it should. As it should. And, yeah, I, uh, I'm trying not to be in a rush to get Power of the Primes. Like, they've been spotted around town, but, uh, but like, I'm not going out of my way transiting around trying to get them right away because it's wave one. And they'll they'll be around for a while, but uh, it's sounding like it's all going pretty decently. Yeah, well, these were on an end cap with a bunch of Titans Return stuff and some movie stuff. Yeah. But it got me excited to get to the regular Transformer part of the Toy Isle in the hopes of finding some more uh, Power of the Prime figures and it was not to be no it's, it's like that over here at our walmarts too power of the primes are in these weird like end cap or like aisle displays separate from the toy section um and uh sometimes even on like the other side of the store according to some reports and that's weird but wow grats all right you got you got you got into the fresh transformers line even with even with with uh your state's distribution uh prowess or at least my counties. Your counties distribution. Prowess. I can't speak for the whole state. Uh, I mean, you could technically, like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I could do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> um. Well, Seth, I got I got one on-topic thing I was going to talk about. Uh. All right. It's also a little legend-sized thing, but it's third party. Uh. I got. I think. I don't think I talked about this. If I did, then I apologize to everyone. But. It was sitting on my desk, and I felt like I hadn't talked about it. Uh, it's it's uh, the newest release from Mech Planet's Hot Soldiers line, which are uh, very affordably priced uh, Legends scale uh, G1 Legends type toys. This is their Bumblebee. Um, I can't even remember what his name is because he had a really really dumb name. Um, and uh, he's very nice. Like they're they're Ironhide and Ratchet. When you get over the part where you have to parts form the roof off, I think is is still like I think the best package they've put out but this bumblebee uh is very fine transforms uh with a really cool uh just a couple of little twists on the old g1 transformation um the toy is around about the same size in alt mode as g1 bumblebee um and just looks like a little beepy volkswagen uh his bumblebee mode like in photos looks like he has a bit of like an elongated stomach but in person it's not nearly as weird looking uh and then he has like little alternate things you can stick onto the back of his car mode if you wanted to have like a spare tire or look like the g1 toy with that weird smooth thing and then uh posability wise the only thing he's really missing is a thigh swivel um but the ball socket hip connection lets you still turn the whole leg about about 15 degrees outwards so you can still get him to look kind of natural uh I like him a lot. Uh, Hot Soldier stuff generally has, has really worked for me. Um, it's like the, the Soundwave is probably their weakest toy, and even he is like pretty good for the fact that you can sometimes get him for like at most 20 bucks. Uh, 
So this this little bumblebee is is very very pleasant. Yeah, uh, it's also I think the most the the smallest most G one ish bumblebee I've got short of the masterpiece toy. Uh, and he, and he's just really fun to transform. Like he compresses up a lot for that car mode, uh, because his legs do like a double fold. Um, and he uh, he also came with uh, a little ravage to go with their sound wave. Uh, so that was cute. Cool. But uh, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm really into their stuff, and it's it's so easy to get uh, when it comes out that like their their stuff is a line that I'm definitely gonna probably go completest on as time goes on. But uh, that that about does it for my on topic. Uh, what I got um, off topically, Seth, I got a new internet connection. Nice. I, uh, I, I wish I could get one of those. I I finally tapped into <laughs> the fiber optics that was installed in my building. Um, cause I was paying too much. I was paying, I was still on a very old plan and I looked at all the current plans and was like, for the amount of money I'm spending, I could spend the same money and get like triple the speed. So why don't I, uh, and then they had to come and install a new router. And the guy who came to install the router was like, wow, your router is old. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, do you have problems with the Wi-Fi signal not going like past one of your rooms? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you're going to like this new one. He was correct. Uh, Wi-Fi actually gets all the way into my bedroom now, which is nice. Nice. Uh, and the speeds are very nice. Uh, the, I'm 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 quite pleased. Uh, so far, Canadian telcos are still scum. Uh, mm-hmm. they're all they're all scum. Uh, don't take this as some kind of endorsement of a Canadian telco because they they suck. But uh, I'm also feeling very good about my fresh internet. Yo, know, you still got some of that net neutrality. <laughs> Uh, we do, yeah. Uh, the, you know who the biggest Canadian opponents of it are, though? <laughs> like all of the telcos. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, so they're scumbags. So I'm still keeping an eye on what's going on down there because our telcos are all chomping at the bit for uh, more examples to cite of why we should get rid of it up here. Yeah, well, and likely, uh, I was reading you're likely gonna feel the effects of it whether you guys like it or not oh, because yeah. a lot of internet traffic comes through a lot of a lot of connections in toronto as i understand it sometimes get briefly routed through like chicago uh and in, in new york yeah, so. so suck it don't don't <laughs> screw up our stuff guys <laughs> hey don't 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 crap on our lawn eh don't don't uh, pinch our pipes well the they're not doing it on purpose. No. They're not cropping on your lawn on purpose, lawn <laughs> on purpose. They just have savage diarrhea. <laughs> and as they're spraying it on our yard, it's splashing over onto yours. Quote, they just have savage diarrhea. It's the best thing I've heard all night, I think. <laughs> uh, Seth, off topic I, speaking, did you pick anything up lately? I got um, a new mouse to go with my new computer situation because I I did download Overwatch. Hey! And, like, I just had sort of a, you know, playing Logitech cordless optical mouse that does fine. And I haven't had a mouse pad in, like, 15 years. I just used my desk because I hadn't been playing any online games. Yeah. And the second I tried doing anything in Overwatch, I realized, oh, this is terrible. This is bad. So I got a 
um, Razor Death Adder. Yes, is that what they're called? Death Adder, and a like a like a performance mouse pad, like a gamer mouse pad. Uh, so slides are on really smooth, but here is where it gets fancy. Oh, I got the left-handed model. What? Because I'm a left-handed person. Um, so I, I would always have to like look for um, ambidextrous mice in the past, and and even this Logitech one I had, it has the the two little side buttons. But they're on the the left side, which is not where you want them to be if you're a left-handed person. Yeah. Um, so I just went, you know what? Uh, I'm going to look up. I'm just going to look for left-handed mouse pads. And this one was, like, affordable and not too ostentatious with, like, a ridiculous amount of buttons all over it. Uh, so I just went for it. And it's... It, it's all right so far. I haven't really tried playing Overwatch with it since I got it. I just got it. Um, but it's cool. Hmm. I'm lefty. It even says left-handed on the box with a big sticker. Yeah, it's so, like don't don't hide it. Yeah, don't don't buy our mice you righties. Yeah, it's not for you, you normies. <laughs> uh toy-wise, I got one off-topic toy. All right. Um, have you heard of a little film franchise called Star Wars? Um, maybe that's uh that's the one with uh, the the space wizards and the um the laser whips. Yes, yeah. uh, laser swords actually. Oh, they're not whips. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, there's like an electro whippy kind of thing in, in the new movie though. Um, so there's there's a character in the movie who um electrocutes people. Yeah. Uh, named um, like Rose or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got I found a Rose. Oh yeah, ele- electrocutionist Rose. I remember her. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, oh, I think you're cool. Wait a minute, Zap! I just blasted you in the chest with this electrical blast. It's kind of weird how Disney was putting that their, sent uh... you flying several feet. So it probably also disrupted your heart and you died. <laughs> they they put they put all this uh this crossover stuff in now that they own Spider-Man and like that. Did you know she's actually going to be Electro in the MCU? Um I'm not surprised. Mm. Gender swap. Um yeah, so the wave that she comes in um, is Snoke without a throne? What's the point? Which is like, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point? What, what's he gonna sit on? <laughs> what's he just supposed to stand around? Those little slippers he wears don't have good arch support. No, no, not at all. Um, and then uh, ex- expanded universe character like Han Solo's daughter oh, yeah, or something. Jaina Solo, I guess she has a light sword. Yeah. Um, so I didn't need either of those because I, I don't know who this lady is and I have a, a good Snoke with a chair. Um, so I don't need another not chaired Snoke. Um, so I had just pre-ordered Rose over a big bad in the hopes of finding her in the store first. And I did. She was at that same target with Beachcomber and Slash. Hey. So I just grabbed her and 
pulled out my phone, canceled my pre-order, and then went and paid for her. The saga continues. And that worked out pretty good. I yeah, wanna... So she comes with a big-ass rifle and her little zapper. I want to pick up that Rose figure. Tell me she's good. She's okay. Okay. It's not bad, but it's there's nothing really great about it. I, other than she comes with her little zapper. I don't expect figure arts is going to do her. And what yeah. I've been doing is like if figure arts is going to do a human character, I want to go for them because they have that really good face printing tech. But then I'm like, I doubt figure arts is going to do Rose, and it's already I think a coin toss whether or not they're going to do Poe or or Finn. Like anyone who doesn't have a lightsaber. So Well, they did Finn in disguise. Or are you talking about figure arts? I'm talking about figure arts. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, the, the Black Series Poe, Finn in Disguise, and Rose are like kind of on my radar because I feel like that's the only way I'm gonna be able to get them. Uh so I want them to be good. Yeah. Um yeah, no, she's fine. I mean, there's just nothing like really outstanding about it. I mean, just so long as her um, as her head sculpt doesn't look like chewed gum or anything that I'm No, her her head sculpt's probably the best part. Okay. Um like her baggy um jumpsuit kind of gives her like a weird body shape. Mm-hmm. Like because it's got like this big hood sculpted on the back that kind of makes her look a little hunchbacky. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and her arms almost seem slightly too long and thin. Uh, but the, the face sculpt's just fine. There, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll tweet a picture of it. Okay. That, that's the main thing I want. Cause everything else is gravy. Cause I'm just going to pose her like beating the crap out of like, like doing common rider kicks and stuff to various star Wars. Like I'm going to have her like uppercut Thrawn or something or rider kick Darth Vader. Yeah. Her little, uh, zapper plugs into her belt. If you don't want her holding it. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, you know, she's fine. And I liked her in the movie. So uh, there you go. I almost got her off Amazon Canada because they put a lot of them on sale, but she was one of the only ones that wasn't on sale. Because they, they, they know where the money is. Yeah, they get that rose money. That's right. But but get it at get some mint and sealed box ones for investments. Yes, we're still doing that with Star Wars toys. Apparently, send them off to be graded and locked in a plastic shell. You know what's bumming me out about all the the there's one character from that movie where all of his toys, even the fig arts, just don't feel like the right one for me is Luke Skywalker. The, the Black Series Luke Skywalker is in the costume he was wearing that I was the, of all the costumes he wears is the one I was the least into. And then, like, Fig Arts is doing him, but, like, they somehow got him to look about as boring as you possibly could make him look. And, like, I'm just, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do a Luke from this movie. Are you talking about, like, old man Luke or Luke period? Um, Luke, Luke period, but, like, old man Luke. Uh, Specifically. Yeah, like, the Black Series old man Luke in all the white robes is, uh-huh. like, like, that's now that I've seen the movie and I've seen, uh, like all of his scenes and everything i'm like like he wore that costume but like he was wearing other stuff when i was the most into him <laughs> and also that his hair looks kind of ridiculous on that head sculpt yeah it's not great i have it it's, yeah. it's fine <laughs> it's okay it's not especially good yeah i've also been hemming and hawing the uh, problems with his robes too if I remember correctly, I haven't messed with it in a while. Uh, 
That's uh that that like original trilogy royal guard they did with like the soft goods cape and then the like secret hidden like snake eyes suit body underneath. Snake eyes. Yeah. Uh, that's on sale on Amazon Canada, and because I'm on a Star Wars high, I keep eyeballing it. But I'm trying to I'm trying to think of whether or not I'm only eyeballing it because I'm on a Star Wars high right now. Well, if you get that four pack to get the one Praetorian guard, then there's one in there. I don't want that four pack though. I just want the Praetorian guard. Same. And like who? And also the stupid, like the dumbass, like the shadow royal guard, and then the the freaking yeah. prequel version. Who who yeah. am I gonna offload those onto for anything but like pennies? Like. Well, just come up with your own little take canon characterization for those guys and then do a video where you give them a crazy voice. And then that uh, will build hype for them. This is, and then you could offload them. This is this is all a little bit too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> uh friggin' Star Wars, god damn it. Friggin' Star Wars. Like the the, what are you doing? the movie property Star Wars. the movie property that literally invented action figure tie-ins always ends up suckering me on action figure stuff. And I mm. always feel like a jerk. I always feel like a jerk when I buy Star Wars action figures. Mm. Maybe the movie property that was extremely successful with it. Yeah. I think no, I think that the uh I learned it in film school, something about, like, that they, some of the basic tenets of, like, movie tie-in merch date back to the Kenner Star Wars line. Like, as far as, well, like, the, the there, machine. There was a massive um, amount of Planet of the Apes stuff. Oh, yeah, with the Mego yeah. line. But yeah. th there was something different about the way Lucas did it. I think it was, it was less about, like, specifically what was put out and more about the whole, like, establishing perpetual royalty rights. Uh-huh. Um, where, like, every, like, you know, that, that, like, it wasn't just we have merch to go with this, but also, like, for time in memoriam, everything that sells, like, a dime of it will go directly to me forever or whatever. Yeah, well, if memory serves, he, he took a... Uh a pay cut like he traded his um director fee or or his pay like he took less pay as the director yeah in exchange for uh merchandise rights and 20th century fox was like whatever <laughs> yeah and then he was like suckers i'm a businessman not a filmmaker <laughs> You guys are stupid. I'm a businessman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is. He is a he is a savvy ass businessman. He, he slammed his hand on the table the moment they said yes, and was like, "Suckers, I'm a businessman." <laughs> in the most un-George Lucas sounding voice he's ever spoken in, only that one time in his life. <laughs> like suckers. <laughs> I'm a businessman. That's anyway. when he lets his real. That's when he let his real voice out. That's what he really sounds like in private. A little hi, everybody. My name's George. That's that's a character. Yeah, it, behind closed doors, it wasn't like we are going to call him Count Dooku. It was like I got this idea. 
He's as bad as poop. His name is Count Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I tweeted you a picture. Uh, (laughs) We get it, George. Dooku (laughs) sounds like Dookie. The word my kids use for poop. We know you're really clever with all your villain names, like General Grievous. He's Grievous. (laughs) And Darth Insidious. (laughs) He's Darth Sidious because he's Insidious. (laughs) I I tweeted you a picture of uh, the Rose. All right. Oh, the the rose skirt. Yeah, for Black Series, that looks pretty on. Like that looks like one of those head sculpts where, like, you get one of those doll painters who does that thing where they add all the realistic shading. Yeah, and like probably looks super cool. Well, they they have been doing some face printing stuff over there at Hasbro lately, which even though it's like not nearly as detailed, is not nearly as shady. And it's like a cheaper version. Just the fact that it takes the plastic gloss shine off the faces. Yeah. Makes a huge difference. Yeah. I just noticed she has her ring as well, like her decoder ring. Yes. The little black dot is slightly off on mine, though. It's not as Nuts. centered as it should be. Well, that's, that's better. But it's so small. I mean, you don't notice unless you're really looking for it. That's better than the Grand Admiral Thrawn that I got with, like... All of his facial paint apps slightly to the left. Yeah. Well, okay. Then I read that that ring is supposed to be from um, the early days of the Empire, like before the Senate was dissolved. Um, and senators that were um, aligned with the rebellion would wear these rings so they could signal to each other. But it's just like a mechanical thing that you slide around the edge of the ring that opens up to reveal the rebel emblem. And like in the close-ups of the ring in the movie, like you could see it's very clear the mechanism, like the the little nub that you turn. It, it's not tricky at all. If anything, it would probably be extremely hazardous to be caught wearing one of those rings because it's so obvious what it is. What was that ring you're wearing with the giant <laughs> dial on the side? Oh, it's a, it's yeah. a Corellian pleasure ring. It uh, dispenses d- the death stick mist. So I can... No, if it was like a hidden like biometric thumbprint reader that generates a hologram... like. <laughs> Okay, that, that seems like it would make more sense. Okay, don't be silly though. Like, come on now. This is the, no, that's... you're silly. <laughs> I'm not silly. I'm George Lucas. <laughs> well, <laughs> I got you silly right here. <laughs> hey, George, we got this cool new uh, video game character, and we were wondering if maybe you'd like to submit some names. His name is Doc Insanius. Well, because he's insane. <laughs> uh, anything else? In like your that, that's the real reason why Kylo Ren and Snoke weren't members of the Sith, because without George around to come up with them cool ass Darth names, <laughs> they just couldn't think of anything. Snoke is a, can, that's a pretty George Lucas ass name, though. Yeah, but it's not Darth something. Darth that sounds like, Yeah. <laughs> Darth Plagueis. <laughs> Gee, wow. Plague. This. 
Hey, maybe he's like, the plague is bad, right? What if he is the plague? Hey, the plague is bad! What if this guy is the plague? He is plague! He's Darth Plague is! Snoke ended up, could have could have been Darth Hemorrhoids guess. Darth, Darth Raisin? Darth uh, Meat like Raisin? Hemorrhoid. Like Darth Hemorrhoid. <laughs> Darth Hemorrhoid? Yeah, Darth Hemorrhoid guess. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta screw it up. Darth Hemorrhoidian? Darth Hem yeah. Darth Hem Hem apostrophe Roid? <laughs> Darth Hem apostrophe H Hemroid? Uh any anything else near what you got? No. Alright, well that's been a Transformer Star Wars podcast. Uh thank you all for listening. Um, the uh, taste police are coming over here now for my George Lucas impersonation, so you'll all hear from me after I get back out from the slammer. Uh, have a if, if if we don't record again before it happens, I hope you have a lovely uh, holiday weekend, whatever date uh, of the week you decide to celebrate things on. And uh, we'll talk to you before the year again before the year is over. But until that happens, uh, have a good one. Thanks for joining me, Seth. Sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, we recorded this a little bit earlier in the week because Seth's got that holiday weekend coming up <laughs> that I was just talking about, uh, as do I. Um, so, until then, until we talk to you again, uh, have a the good one. The balcony is closed. The balcony is closed. Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs>